situated? Yeah. You can actually see you situating today. Usually you just walk away from the mic, the microphone and, yeah, and move yell your chair to you while I'm turning off the heat in my apartment. Uh, but today we're sitting face to face across my friend Taryn's kitchen table. You pointed out that this is our first in-person podcast. And our first live show. Because Taryn's sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah, we have an audience. And it's our first show with matching microphones as well. It is because Taryn knows what he's doing. Oh, <laughs> this is probably going to be our least crosstalk episode as well, too, because I can see your mouth moving and I can see you talking. So I know when it's okay for me to talk. Yeah. We'll also know immediately if the jokes land. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I like Taryn's microphone arm. It's a lot more uh, industrial and sturdy looking than the ones that we have. I like the springs. That'll come through, right? Yeah, I heard it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Oh boy. So here we are. We're actually in San Francisco, California in in Taryn's neck of the woods. He lives in the rich neighborhood. I won't give away his OPSEC, but uh, he has a nice apartment in an affluent part of town, <laughs> depending on who you ask. I think that's the whole city, right? To some degree. I don't know. Walking up Mission today was kind of scary. <laughs> Ohio boy. I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, you do. I know what it's up. Yeah. It's just, uh, it is a weird thing. I, I was talking to Eric about this when we were in San Jose this week, but we rounded a corner and there were a bunch of people outside smoking cigarettes, like in this one street, just a bunch of people and they're all blowing the smoke and it was just weird. He's like, I never see this in San Francisco. And I was like, yeah, we very rarely see anybody smoking cigarettes like this in Ohio either. But then today walking up the mission, there's this guy with a big old cigar and he was just blowing the smoke out and ash was floating in my face and we had to walk around him. Was, it was new to me. What about the folks smoking reefer by um, when we were eating ice cream on the corner? At the park? Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of that going on. You get that in Ohio, too? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Mace that should, said she recently happened upon some kids in a park. and uh, Like teenagers? And, yeah, and she, was, she, she had recently called the authorities for a different reason, but they thought that they were getting the cops called on them, so they skedaddled. <laughs> Did May narc those kids out? No, she didn't. She felt bad about it. They I were just sitting too. back in the trees, having a good time. Kids smoking not hurting anybody. the last thing I would call the cops on. Yeah. Oh, so. Did you realize that we've done, like, probably since we've been hanging out this week, the two times that we've hung out, we've probably done, like, two podcasms worth of, of conversation, just talking about things? Yeah, unrecorded, complete waste. I should have used my lavaliers that I got from Road. Oh, yeah. Our prize for not winning the contest. Right. It was, I think it was our prize for being one of the first 500 to enter, which is really interesting because if that's actually the case, they sent away a pretty decent amount of money because the, the set that I got was not only two lavaliers, which I think goes for like 80 bucks, but also the little converter that goes into the phone so you can record them to your iPhone. So all told, I think that was probably like a $120 set. And they, if they gave away 500 of those, it's a, it's a good chunk of change. The manufacturing cost in that thing has to be nothing though. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And I'm sure they probably have something new, so they're just sending out old stock. Yeah. <laughs> and it definitely made you a customer for life, right? Yeah. Ro- I'm okay with Rode. It's Tascam that I have qualms yeah. with this week. What happened? Well, I bought a bunch of gear for Breakers podcasting setup, and everything came in in a gigantic box, and they hauled that box from San Francisco up to San Jose to our Airbnb. And it was probably like the third night when I actually got the chance to dig into the box and start playing. So I immediately went for the new four-track recorder that I got from Tascam. And I popped in the batteries, and I turned it on. 
but it didn't turn on. It was completely dead, and I couldn't do anything to get it to turn on. So we have to send that thing back, and I think I'm going to exchange it for a Zoom, something a little more reliable. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I'm not happy about it. I mean, we're using a Tascam right now. I'm looking yeah. at it. We had a couple of issues with it, but it was a firmware problem that we sorted. I brought my little Tascam. Um, not here today, but to, on the on the trip in general, I figured if I'm going to be doing any like man in the street stuff, um, mm. then I should probably have it with something portable with me to see who's. You going to carry that with you all the time? No, but I'm doing. Uh, I think Jesse from Good One, a podcast about jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to be here next weekend. I think well, not next weekend, the third weekend in June. Here, as in San Francisco. Here is in San Francisco for something called Clusterfest. Okay. I don't. I think it's a comedy festival in San Francisco. Yeah. So he's gonna be here for that, and he yeah, he's like, oh shoot, like because he said, I told him I was leaving for five months because I, I I left New York City for five months, mm-hmm. and I says like, oh, I'm gonna be coming to San Francisco, so you know, but I'll still do the podcast remotely. And he's like, cool, cool. Um, and I was like, and also, if you're ever in the Bay Area recording a comedy podcast, I just tossed that out there because I figured there's no chance in hell he would ever be recording a comedy podcast. In the Do you Bay. know how many comedy festivals there are? There's like Sketchfest here as well. It's a pretty big one. All right. Well, I don't know if something maybe, if it's something Jesse would fly out for, but I mean, like he he goes one on one with comedians, mm-hmm. and so I was I just figured he wouldn't come to San Francisco for a comedian. He he goes to L.A. like probably six or seven times a year, but. San Francisco never really, but I guess Clusterfest was a thing. It's like, oh shoot, Clusterfest is in June. Do you just want to come for the weekend on that one? I was like, yes, yes I do. <laughs> so I was like, well, what are we doing at Clusterfest? He's like, oh I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. And so I was like, okay, I'll bring the task cam just in case. Nice. And I have to like walk around a convention or something with a RE50 just pointing it in people's faces. That can be fun. It could It'd be like the the Billy on the street <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I wanted to do that. This week, and I'm I'm frustrated that the thing that we bought didn't work out. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, the the podcast that I helped out with, I didn't, we didn't actually get like a ton done for breaking ground this week. Leah recorded one in the Apple Podcasting Studio at WWDC. They I'm have excited an Apple to Apple Podcasting Studio. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <sighs> it's nice. Jobs I wish I had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so running I'm, that thing. I'm excited to hear that, but otherwise, um, I, I helped engineer a show called Swift Over Coffee. And that was interesting because how did you get involved with that? Great question. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think so. So Breaker, Breaker knows a lot of people at the various conferences, and they heard about a live podcast that was being recorded at AltConf, and um, you know, sort of like a uh, advertising opportunity. They volunteered me to help out in any way that I could, and I wasn't really sure if they needed help and. Uh, it took a while to figure out what they had and what they could need, um, and I figured that we would have anything anyway. So I, we were we were just I was available to help with whatever. I wasn't able to record their tracks individually, which is what I initially intended to do with the recorder. Just have like a separate setup on stage so that they could record everything into the recorder and they'd be able to mix everything. Um, I don't think that actually matters to them too much. I asked them after I recorded from the soundboard one single track where I actually ended up being the mixer on the board as well because the hotel or the conference staff who were there um they just kind of left so (laughs) it was just me and the soundboard and um i was given an inclination of who was on which track you know which slider and they were wrong so it took me about half the show to figure out exactly which one belonged to who 
because it's kind of hard to tell when they're constantly switching who's who's speaking at any given time. But I, I think it came out okay, and I'm gonna do some cleanup to get rid of the, some of the the noise. I, I think probably it was just line noise from the quarter inch cables or something. But it was like buzzy stuff. There's a little hum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that module's for in RX. Yeah, the yeah, hum module. So it should be fine. The D hum. So tell me about your move, Mike. You've had a uh, seems like a, a fairly tiring week. It's a lot of stuff, you know, it, I mean, it started because, you know, I was packing feverishly last week to get ready for, you know, coming to this whole experience here. And I get an email like the Friday before the, the Tuesday that I left and it's, it's Jesse being like, I'm recording this lonely Island tomorrow. We need to get this up like as soon as possible, like, or something like he was recording on a Monday. That's what it was. He, he emailed me on Friday to say he was recording Monday, a podcast on Monday, and they wanted it up like the next day. Mm. I was like, that's not feasible. I'm sorry. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm going to be flying that day. So I'll be up at 6 a.m. New York time. And then I won't be getting to my hotel until like 7 or 8 p.m. Eastern time. And, you know, then I have to just deal with life, mm-hmm. you know, and I, yeah, and he's just like, okay, fine. Then Thursday then. I'm like, okay, fine. So I had to deal with that, and, and just knowing in the back of my head I had this really important podcast. It was a lonely island. It was really it was really important because they just put out that whole um, Bash Brothers experience thing. Did you watch that? I did. I, I really loved it. Did it, you watch it? I'm halfway through it. But I, I consumed that 30-minute special while jet-lagged and at, like, it, I just didn't sleep. You know, like, I, I got in and was told I had to have it ready by the next morning. And I had to work like a nine to six shift that whole day. I couldn't mm-hmm. work on the podcast while I'm working at work here. And I got home like seven, eight o'clock, just started working on this podcast. Normally I have like a week to edit these things. And then I just had to bust it all out in one night. So I finished it at two in the morning Pacific time. And it posted it immediately and that's you know like 5 a.m ready for the morning commute yeah. in new york city <laughs> jeez yeah and that was my first night here pretty much that was your second Se- night my second night your first night you all blend together man <laughs> first night i came out to see you and i that's had right. i had girls on porn that night which is another podcast that gives me very little time to produce what i need to produce yeah yeah that first night i, I felt bad because i kept you out kind of late well, that was fun though. Like I got, I landed and you're like, Hey, do you want to come see the talk show live? And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> so I got in an Uber and then went from my place to yours or the city you were in mm-hmm. and saw the podcast. And yeah. Where they talked about a bunch of things that you had yet to hear about because you hadn't watched yeah. the Apple keynote. And it, this, this was the talk <laughs> show by John Gruber where, uh, during WWDC week, he does like a live show and he usually brings out like executives from Apple to discuss the things that we all saw at the keynote the day before. And you hadn't seen that keynote yet. So no, so I was just getting, they were just talking about a bunch of stuff and I was like, this sounds really cool. I wish they had like a visual <laughs> component to this. Yeah. Cause I was packing the entire day before and running around like crazy. Do you see these headphones around my neck? Mm-hmm. I got these, the, the night, like 7 PM the night before I left because my old ones, I had the same model and they, they had just fallen apart over the course of two years. Mm-hmm. And I went, I, I wanted my last day in Brooklyn to be a day that I just like went to my favorite brewery, had a couple beers and came home and cooked for Aaron and then, mm-hmm. you know, just get to bed early. But instead I spent the whole morning, I went for a really quick run, started packing and just 
procrastinated on that for like four hours, like put one thing in a bag. I was like, I can't do this. And then just walked away from it for way too long. And then I would come back to it and then put one other thing and just be like, this is too much. I can't, I don't have, I don't have a space. I have to figure this out and then rethink my life. Um, walked Olivia, then went to the brewery to have like a couple beers and then realized my headphones were falling apart and that Mm. I probably want to get that fixed before I had like, unless my warranty expired yesterday i think on these things oh so i went to best buy and i had a geek squad protection thing but i got them with a discount from a friend that worked at best buy and when i went to do the geek squad replacement thing that they do they were like oh well like these things cost um i don't know like 120 dollars now and your discount you got them for like 97 dollars or like 95 dollars so you'll have to pay the difference and i'm like that seems weird like i i get why you're saying that that's the case but like and Aaron, who used to work at Best Buy, was like, oh, and like that's not how we used to do it. You know, like, if you get a Geek Squad protection, it replaces, covers the device, not mm-hmm. the amount you paid for it, regardless of whatever, you know. Um, but they were just like, yeah, so you have to pay the difference. And I'm like, it's like 20 bucks. But like I was just like, it's, no, I'm not doing it. Because they still worked. It wasn't like I would be left with headphones that didn't work. They just literally fallen apart. Like, the remote was open and, like, the circuitry exposed on the inside. And I was like, that's not good. Are these Jaybirds? No, these are Bose. Oh, okay. Yeah. I went through so many of these and I landed on these. They're great. Um, but the, so where I'm, Aaron and I are on the train home from Best Buy, just like super defeated and like being like, well, I guess there's still dinner to look forward to. And then I looked at my maps app and I was like, Oh, there's a Bose at, um, the world trade center in Manhattan, which is like maybe a 10 minute train ride from our apartment. Like a standalone store. Yeah. A standalone Bose store in the, the Oculus, that big mall at, mm-hmm. at the world trade center. And I was like, okay, I'm going. We're just, we're just going to go for it. It closes at eight. It's seven o'clock right now. So we got there we walked in and I was like, Hey, my headphones have been falling apart. And like customer service person was like, this is a really small store, like the size, like half the size of this kitchen, you know, like really tiny hole in the wall shop. Um, and she was like, she gave me the whole customer service thing. Like, she's like, Oh, that's not supposed to happen. I'm like, it's okay. I know it just happens. It's not like, this is not something you have to apologize for. It's just like wear and tear. And she's like, immediately she didn't even scan the serial number on these things. She just pulled a replacement. Like she, because she was already processing another of the same model when I walked into the store for somebody else, mm. which I think says something about the model, but I really like them. So whatever. It yeah. lasted two years. And, uh, she just put it on the table and that was it. And, and she gave me the new one and said, enjoy. And I was like, cool. And then the store closed and I went home and I had my headphones and like, that was my last night. And then it was time for bed. Yeah. Well, I finished packing, cooked dinner and right. then, I didn't get, we, we finished Chernobyl. That's a really yeah. big upper um, when you are about to leave your girlfriend for five months. <laughs> Watch Chernobyl. Yeah. And um, then say goodbye the next mm. morning. <laughs> How was that? Was that tough? Um, yes, but only because a spider crawled out from... <laughs> <laughs> from like our bed or something like that. And at five in the morning, I'm getting ready, like putting my clothes on, taking a quick shower and like putting the last of the things in my bag. And like Aaron comes out of the bedroom. She's like, you have to kill this spider. And I look and it's just like, it's just this spider. It's probably like the size of this. I'm holding up a screw. It's probably like an inch and a half long. Like mm. it's this size spider that crawled out. Um, very, a lot scarier looking than the screw, you know, but, but it, was, it was still a spider. And Aaron's like, you need to kill the spider. It's going to kill me. And I was like, okay, fine. And, but I couldn't bring myself to kill it. I hate yeah, killing spiders. Right. You let it go. I let a centipede go, like a house centipede. 
It's so we so we talked about this on the show recently, I think, but not about the same centipede. I don't think. Did no, we? we we talked about we were talking about bugs, Just in, general. bugs in general. Yeah, and then you you mentioned those the house centipede. I was like, you know, I remember seeing those as a kid, but I haven't seen one in years. We saw one in our house the next day. I think we talked about this on the last episode. Maybe we did. Yeah, but then but I that saw was weird. yeah, and then I saw I saw one, and Aaron told me to kill it. And I said no, and Aaron spent the entire mo- like episode of Chernobyl. Like this is in the days prior to when I left for the last one. She spent the like the whole time just like curled up on the couch. She actually at one point got up and walked to the other side of the room because it looked like it was running towards us on the ceiling. And she was like, "I can't be near this." And I was like, "Relax. It's going. It's not going to hurt us. If it attacks us, I will promise you, I will kill it for you." But it didn't. It just like went into the coat corner or whatever and just hung out and disappeared forever. Our apologies to Taryn if all of a sudden he starts saying house centipedes in his apartment. Just... Yeah, this by talking about them, we seem to bring them about. But I picked up the sp- Don't look so worried. <laughs> I picked up the spider in a cup and I let it go outside. Yeah, that's generally how I do it too. I like uh I use the I use like bottles. Catch in the bottle. You know what? I, it was really funny cuz that spider was pretty big for like it's pretty big for a house spider, you know, like yay big spider. And I actually you can't really see it in my hand anymore, but I had two little scabs on my finger, like on my my knuckle on my right hand. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, and they looked like spider bites. It was like two perfectly spaced little scab, like look like a spider had bit me or like t- a two prong fork, like a tiny, tiny little two prong exacto had gotten me or something. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, I wonder, I'm scared, you know, like is something biting me in my sleep. And then last day, like the, uh, the 15 minutes before I'm about to walk out the door, this thing crawls out. I'm like, that thing probably yep. bit me while I was sleeping. That's why it's so big. Right. Well, it's, it's got a bunch of you inside. And well, and I have some bunch of it inside of me now. Mm. And I'm thinking of being Spider-Man now. You know, just... There's, a, jump, there's a balcony here, I think. Yeah, there's a balcony. It. You could jump pull across. I could pull and just jump off the balcony and not make it. That'd be good. Taryn, if, if Mike jumps from your balcony, do you have to pay the cleanup fee? I mean, you could just blame it on the neighbor below you. They'd have to like pull some serious physics to prove that it was this balcony that I fell from. (laughs) You just swear you never met me, and get and burn all my possessions that are in this apartment right now. Right. So that's uh, you made it here. I made it here. I'm glad you made it here. I'm sad. I'm sad that you had to you leave, but I think you get to visit soon, right? Um, Well, I'm going to San Diego right next weekend to see Aaron. Aaron has a conference there for work. That's good. And um, I'm going to go down there. We, neither of us ever been to San Diego. Have you? Not that I'm aware of. Like you you might have gone when you were a kid? When I was a kid, yeah. My, like, family, oh, my family came out to California a couple of times. I was I in college. I was on acid, and I somehow found myself in San Diego. <laughs> no. Now, prior to working for, for Breaker, I think the last time I'd come out here was middle school. And then prior to that, maybe once or twice, but it was when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. I had never been to California before the age of like 25 mm. or anything like that. There's never any reason to come to the coast. No family out here. It's just about as far as away, far away as you can get in the States. So yeah, it makes sense. I never went to Hawaii. Do you ever do that? No, 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 I'm not rich. Is that the rich thing? Generally, I feel like you go there if you have money, it's, it's expensive to get there. Probably. I'm assuming I'm that a- it's expensive to stay there. A plane ticket's probably pretty expensive, but once you get there, like I, my brother lived there for pretty cheap. You know, he, he, he was like a fisherman there and he worked well, with he a bunch worked. of fishermen. He, like, he worked his ass off. If you wanted to go for vacation. Right. Yeah. If you want to, yeah. If you want to live it up in Hawaii, I'm sure it's pretty crazy, but no, he just, he would just go there. He got an apartment, would go spear fishing during the day. He's a surf photographer in the afternoon and at nighttime he was bussing tables at McFleetwood's a, a restaurant or whatever. Hmm. 
he is now younger brother location is still South Carolina. He has not left yet. Yeah. He's thinking of going to Australia. Where was he before New Zealand? Didn't he go to? Yeah. He was in New Zealand. Went to Hawaii Hawaii. and maybe Australia. Yeah. So this week I've met more Australians than I've ever met in my entire life. And every year I come to WWDC, I meet a ton of people, but this year in particular, most of them were Australian. Mm-hmm. It's very strange, but they're all super nice, great people. You met one of them. I introduced you to my buddy, Chris. Yes, I did. Great gentleman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it, it's a lot it, of Australians. It's just a overwhelming representation. Everywhere I look, I would just turn around. I'd introduce myself to somebody and they'd have that great accent and a nice smile. And they're all just super, super nice people. <laughs> I enjoyed spending my time. And like one of them kept getting me drinks at this one party that we were at. Just, that is a great Australian. He, like, he remembered the, the drink that I got and just kept getting some. So thank you, John, for those. Those were nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but it, it was super great. Met a lot of cool people this year, actually. It was a good week in San Jose. Busier than last year, for sure. You think it's probably going to keep getting bigger? Yeah. I mean, I think next year I'll probably try to apply for a WWDC ticket. Um I guess I could have this year as well. I didn't realize that I had a developer account with Apple. I used to. I used to pay for my own when I had a sticker app on the App Store. But I let it lapse because I wasn't working on it, and we decided to pull that down. And it's like 99 bucks a year. It's just like, yeah, why pay for it? If you're not making money off of right. it. Right. And yeah. then, you know, I wasn't like trying to get a ticket to, to yeah. DubDub, so I let it lapse. But actually today, sitting here on Terrence's couch, I noticed uh, I went to the developer website to... Um, I was just actually going to sign up for an account so I could download the Xcode beta (laughs) and it just logged me in and let me download it. And I guess it's because breaker added me to their team account. So good. Yeah. I I could have applied this year and got a ticket. Um, I don't know if I would have used it. Usually the way it works with breaker is, you know, we all try to apply. If one of us gets a ticket, then we'll transfer it to whoever can use it the best. And this year Leah got it. So, only one person got to see Weezer at the end of the week. Oh, man. That's fine. We got to hear it just fine. Half the set sounded like covers from the new EP. And so, yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. They, have, they have to pay royalties whenever they play those covers live. I'm sure they're doing fine. They right. make up for it every time they play a sweater song. Right. Well, I mean, if you sell an arena, you probably your royalties are the least of your concerns. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. They put out a whole album full of covers. Right before they put out the Black Album? Yeah. It was fine. They're they're all good covers. Some of them, you know, they're definitely ones that Weezer covers well, but all of them are just, they, they just sound like the original song covered by yeah, Weezer. Yeah, I just... They're not doing a whole lot with it. No. It was not an innovative. It was no Rage Against the Machine. No. That was a great cover album. Yeah. Did you ever... Were you into Rage? Uh, a little bit when I was on, younger, yeah. I, I got... I think I got more into System. Oh yeah, but, I dug out Toxicity recently. Yeah, that album. Yeah, it, it it still holds up. I love it. Yeah, it's very very weird how still relevant like all their lyrics are and like mm. that even though it's like fall, fell into like the new metal thing, mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was something else. Like it was like it's a, very different. Yeah, like if that came out today, it would still be fine. Like it would be like oh, this is rock music for the year two thousand nineteen or whatever. Yeah. Like it just it. it I'm trying to think of anything about it that's outdated. Like we still have bands that scream in that way and we still have bands with like that kind of detuned aspect. I think the production would be different if it came out today probably. Yeah, that's kind of what tighter. what tossed them into the new metal 
pool, I think, is the, is the fact that like there as they it got more polished as it went on, and like yeah. sort of like a Breaking Benjamin. I know you're a big Breaking Benjamin fan. Oh yeah, brother. Yeah, like in, in sort of in the same way that like the, a lot of those metal bands became more and more like reverb drenched choruses or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, lush orchestrations. That's so that kind of defined like the the butt rock new metal mix. <laughs> yeah, but system was a, a special thing. Yeah. We Ariel's, I believe, was my class song. What at, in middle school? What <laughs> like the song you sang at like eighth grade graduation or like? Uh, yeah, more or less. Like it was, it was our class song. We voted. Um, <sighs> I think the final two came down to that, and maybe a Nickelback song, which you says a like lot about the rock time or something. Like, yeah, basically, everyone just chose I mean, like the, vitamin C graduation. The fact that Ariel's made straight. it was a big deal. Because no, at the end, at the end of the like the year, they played it at the dance. They're like, "Here's your class song," and then they play Ariel's, and everybody was pissed. They're like, "This song sucks." Yeah. And no. then me and like the twenty people who actually voted, who actually like listened to music. You know, when you're in eighth grade, at least back then, listening to music was kind of passive. It was just kind of whatever was on. It, you know, iPods weren't like really a big thing yet, so it was just kind of whatever you had, and. I guess most people didn't care to vote, so those who voted voted. So like, system of a down, <laughs> system of a down won by eighteen votes to zero votes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask what the other nominations were. I can't. I can't remember. I I <laughs> might have this written down somewhere, but I'm pretty sure there's a Nickelback song. Oh god! I think it was. It was probably Something photographs. Happened. Photo. <laughs> yeah. But wait, those are two different eras. Like system of no, down. they were like around Ariel's- the same time. Photograph? No, photograph came out way later. Like it would have been like something off a of silver side up if it was like because toxicity was like ninety. It was like oh. just well, it was like two thousand or like it was it came like the week before nine eleven. I feel like I don't know what to tell you, man. I those are the two that I specifically remember. Like well, Nickelback you, definitely came out at that time, wait, but, I, but it wasn't I came, like, we came into System of a Down at the time. Maybe that's just when it reached from oh, in Ohio. Yeah, because I'm thinking because those two albums came out when I was in high school, but when you were in high school it was like five years later. So. Mm. So like System of a Down was like throw you were like you were allowed to do throwbacks for your class song, I guess it it wasn't again like it wasn't <laughs> like a time when we knew necessarily like what was new and what was old. We listened to the new Fall Out Boy album, but we also listened to songs from Take This to Your Grave. Like it, they were just these are the Fall Out Boy songs, okay. not necessarily these are from this record. That's when I started getting into that. Well, you got the the discography up. All right, so Toxicity was two thousand one. <laughs> yeah, that would have been like. That would have been three or four years prior, so it was kind of old at that point. Wow. But hey, they, well, they had already put out like, hip, like. Ties and Mesmerize were yeah. out at that point. Yeah. Like, they had moved the Steelus album, and then the one Hypnotize and Mesmerize, the, du- the double albums came out like right around then. And then they, I think they did like one more on it. And then like Serge Tankian did his solo project. And, and that wasn't incredible. Yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> I like having Taryn here to do the Googling for us. This is he's great. Like, he's like, <laughs> he's our, like producer. our producer. Yeah. <laughs> Producer. Well, I mean, he has produced most of it. We're using his microphone, his stand. He helped us troubleshoot all the issues that we were going through earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're using his electricity. He's, we are. He, Taren, this episode is essentially produced by Taryn. <laughs> Anything you want to plug, Taryn? Yeah. No, he's shaking no? his head. Okay. Like a true producer. doesn't want to take any of the credit. I'm going to plug his disassembled Game Boy on yeah. the wall. That's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to plug for him. You want your Game Boy disassembled? Taryn's got it. Yeah, he can take it apart really well. <laughs> Uh, you were impressed because I brought my own pop filter today. Yeah, yeah, you brought you brought your stuff. I knew this was in the cards, and I knew that you wanted to use an eighty-seven. And I was like, well, if there's no pop filter, we're going to have a problem. I didn't have any. Uh, well, okay, yeah, 
yeah i figured we we were probably set i'm glad you brought your extra stuff and you attached your pop filter to taryn's gigantic arm triple pop filter you're yeah you're triple filtered and i'm i'm not so you can probably hear all my plosives a little more i'm yeah. trying to compensate for that yeah you're you're going off axis i think you're you're looking professional right now yeah no worries I, I got technique you're better than my podcasters who just go directly on top of the mic even though i tell them st- like I, I will literally coach a podcaster and i will say listen when you talk, I want you to keep the microphone beneath your mouth and talk directly at the person before. And the first thing is she goes, welcome to, welcome to name of show and, and just plosives immediately. Like you can guess the name of the show, you know, if by the fact that I'm saying that there are plosives, plosives in the name of it, but like, yeah, she'll just like, and I, and thank God for isotope because yeah. otherwise it would just be the poppiest intro i i'm okay with letting all the ones after the intro slide but everything in the intro it's like if the first thing you hear out of the gate is like which is just like no i don't want that yeah i could stick my head in the sink would that be good stick your head in the sink yeah put the mic in the, the head in the sink get some cool little reverb That'd action be, in there yeah some natural reverb yeah so i i stuck a bunch of panels on the wall at the breaker office <laughs> i don't know if that actually is going to do anything but it looks kind of cool yeah well I'm sure it'll do something. It's going to, like, by the numbers, physically speaking, it will do something, whether it's discernible to the human ear, whether the human ear can pick up what it did. I probably probably could have done a better job of spacing the pads out. I I don't think I had to put them side by side. I think I could have done, like, a checkerboard pattern. But Um, I didn't know. Like, I I didn't know. I ran out of command strips faster than I thought. Yeah. That was the problem. We do do have more pads. You have more pads. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to have them put them on a different wall maybe and then maybe get some base traps i think that room needs a lot more work than those cheap phone pads from amazon can provide but you know it's something it's something to try we'll see if they should get a whisper room yeah they should a tiny is, one uh is his head come selling one <laughs> wait you know we'll flip you the one we bought <laughs> we did i tell you that story yeah you did okay you got a good, good. deal it was a great deal i mean immediately it was like we're flipping this <laughs> Well, I could uh, I could certainly ask them. I don't know if they have any room in their office for it, but it's something to consider. Yeah, it's large, and it would have to come from New York City, which wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, it's funny because LA is based uh, Headgum is based in LA, and we bought it for the New York studio, and if we just sent it to LA, mm-hmm. the Headgum studio is pretty soundproofed. I'm surprised. I mean, I think Marissa, the engineer over there, is fantastic and does like a really great job mixing after the fact, but mm. the room itself is treated really well, and like they're the hosts are spaced enough, like. They're like from where I'm sitting to the wall is how they have their setup and their, their mics are that far apart and they have a, like a full wall of absorption behind where they're talking from. So Mm -hmm. between the distance and the absorption, it's like pretty good. That's nice. Yeah. It's, it's a good sounding studio. Apart from the reflections, this apartment of Darren's is very quiet. No street noise, which is super nice. Yeah. I mean, that, that helps when you're several floors up. Yeah, no helicopters flying by like in Brooklyn every yeah. night. I mean, we could also just be very lucky. Taryn may, may very well have like super loud neighbors or something, but so far I haven't heard it. It's a, it seems like a quiet building. This, this building is very sleepy. Maybe I'm sleepy as well. Yeah. That's I haven't seen a lot, of, a lot of tenants, but there was that nice old lady with her dog. Yeah. That's a cute dog. That's a cute dog. Walks around with, that, with its own leash. <laughs> Doesn't actually need a person. No. You ever seen that before? A dog that carries its own leash? Yeah, I love those. Yeah. Isn't that so nice? How does that happen? Just well-trained. But how does a dog know to pick up its own leash and just walk with it? I wonder usually, like, we'll give it to him until they learn. That's crazy. I want to do that. There's a lot of leash- leashless dogs in the city. It's a great city for dogs. This city? Yeah. Oh. 
I mean, I saw like 15 chihuahuas on the way here walking from the mission. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I thought I saw the same chihuahua. I thought we were walking in front of it. Then just like another one would walk out and mm. it'd be like, Oh no, this is a different one. This is not the one that, that I saw five blocks back that I thought I was walking beside. Their parks are just full of dogs. So many dog owners in this town. It's really nice. <laughs> it's an appealing town. I like it here. You think you could move here? I don't know. It's a, it's a hard decision, but... I think if you had the job, you would move here. Potentially. It's such a big thing, though. I mean, we were discussing this earlier, but I have a lot of shit. I mean, like, you could find something in Oakland, though. Yeah. I mean, I like, think, though, if we were to, to come here, like, being in the city would be the reason. But, the, I mean, Oakland's, like, right across the bay. You just take the BART, and you're here. Oh, I hate public transit. You know that. I know, but that but because you live in a place where it's not efficient. And BART is, like, not the most efficient transit system i don't I want think, to but i want to get a scooter if i were to move here i'd just get a scooter i don't think you can scoot across the bay bridge <laughs> no i wouldn't scoot across you could moped across probably that's too much <laughs> i want something i can plug into a wall i don't want gas i don't want like yeah something i don't want anything combustible that just sits under me i'm okay sitting inside of something combustible <laughs> what do you think is going to happen to those scooters that that are just showing up in everywhere like well uh, some end up in water. Some end up. <laughs> some end up in the bay. <laughs> Did you see the photo of that car? I, I think it was in San Jose. Um, there was this car. It looks like somebody bashed it with a bunch of scooter. Like just just rode into just it. Like no, like just like threw a bunch at it, and then they crashed would... all the windows and stuffed it full of scooters. Why would they do that? I don't know. I thought maybe it was an art installation. That would be something. It looked like an art installation. Otherwise, someone was really ticked. Yeah, or it was like a message from the police. You know, did they ever do that in your high school? Where they'd just take a car and yeah. total it and be like, "This is your." And they they take two students from your class and be like, "This is like Vicky and Sam. They were like high and smoke. They were smoking weed and drinking booze. They were having like, a really good time. And then they got and into an accident. This is their car. And now your classmates they, are dead. And like, yeah, they just traumatized. I think they probably had to stop doing that in the United States because they still do some of that. Do they, they use real students though? Well, uh, no, I don't think they use. Okay, well. I don't know, because in my in my school, I think they dropped off like the wrecked car in the front lawn, like they they did that. But we actually like our school had some students, like a group of students that died in a car crash together. So every, every school did. So yeah. they had like real life examples. It's not a bad idea to teach kids about that. But I think yeah. using your own classmates, it's probably while very effective, and it just left so many kids in tears when they just bring you out and they're just like. I think mm-hmm. I, even, I probably saw it on TV or something, like a reality show. Well, there was a book, too, wasn't there? There was some book that I had to read in middle school that was all about it. About drunk driving? Yeah, just like, you know, like driving poorly in car crashes and, and things. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was called. Probably just driving poorly and having car crashes? That's the, that was the title by uh, Mercer Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about that um, uh, 20,000 Hertz episode? Remember, remember that Twitter thing that went up and they were like, help us name our episode about Sonic Illusions and Tricks. <laughs> and I, I, I tweeted at them like, Sonic Illusions and Tricks. Sure enough, two weeks later, episode comes out just called Sonic Illusions. And like, <laughs> like everybody was adding them being like, crazy ear tricks or like crazy ear things or like... Yeah, name it what it is. Yeah. Like, just, why would you make it confusing for a listener? Yeah. That bad podcast infuriates me sometimes just with their, their, um, like their, their online presence. But like... Re- like when they retweet everything that somebody tweets about them, like Jesse does that for good one, mm. um, which I guess because I, and I, but I don't retweet them. So I guess that's how I, I, I feel okay about that. I'll just give them a like or something once Jesse retweets it. But like, for some reason I feel like it's different when they're just being like, 
oh, everyone, you should listen to this interview with this, like, because they're just telling, trying to tell other comedians to listen to the show. And, right. And then, like, I don't know. And then podcasts that, like, beg for likes or, like, podcasts that... Um, like, comment, and subscribe. Yeah. I mean, I guess Jesse does have that other, that, like, fake ad he does where he's like, hey, tell people about the podcast. I'm like, no one's going to tell anybody. Yeah, nobody tells anybody about podcasts. Yeah. Although I did hear about 20,000 hertz from word by word of mouth by somebody at work being like, oh, listen to the sound podcast. You should listen to it. I mean, that's that's fine, but nobody's like, because of yeah, uh, a reading, ad. specifically going to like, that's exactly send it. it to three friends. Yeah, like, no, if, if like, he, he, that's what he says. He's like, say, pull out your podcast app now and hit the share button. Send it to three friends. Do it right now. I'll wait. And like, <laughs> no, like that's that. not how it works. Like, yeah. you make a good show that's worth talking about like you make a show that somebody thinks about later when they're having a conversation with friends and they're like actually this was really interesting if you're interested in hearing more you should listen to this episode of this podcast it's really good right like i mean the gary goldman episode i think of as like monumental for a good one mm. as far as like for word of mouth that got out there like like people love gary goldman he was on this american life last week mm. or, the, or the week before i forget which one but very behind yeah, I mean, and that's a show you can just pop on anytime. It's it's yeah. r- it rarely does like a an of the, of the time episode. Like they'll do like an immigration episode or something like that, or something to do with like the Democrats or the Republicans and something going on yeah. in the Senate. If it's big in the moment, they'll plan it out. But like typically, they they it's a, those are like evergreen episodes that you can listen to like a ten a ten year old episode and it will still apply today. Today, that's that's the beauty of it. It'll be a rerun. Yeah. In a couple of years. But you never hear Iron Glass being like, like and subscribe. and <laughs> <laughs> Smash that like button. <laughs> he's just, he's too, he's too good for that. Like, granted, he is the most popular radio show in America, but he never, I, I mean, like, he, he had people calling him up to syndicate the show. If you yeah. listen to that, that. Yeah, that was a good episode. Uh, what was that, Alex? It was uh, Without Fail. Yeah, Gold, Alex Bloomberg. Alex Bloomberg. I would say Goldman, but he's there's too many Alexes at that podcast mm-hmm. network. Um, yeah, yeah, without fail. Just being having like that that really made them an asset to public radio. It's just them yeah. being like, we will make your radio station fifty thousand dollars in like a weekend if you want us to. Yeah, that's how we're going to sell ourselves to you. Brilliant by making a good thing. By all he by all accounts he's like he's like a band basically. Like he's just like a good band that knew how to sell itself. All the good people at NPR are like that, though. If yeah. you go to South by Southwest, people are more excited to see Bob Boylan on the street than any musician. I'm Bob Boylan. <laughs> Seriously, people are so excited, and he's so, like, over it. Yeah. <laughs> did, I, did I tell that story in this podcast before when I met Bob Boylan? You met Bob Boylan? Yeah, I met Bob Boylan. Oh, my God. All right, so we saw him somewhere. I think he was actually, I think he was giving a talk the same time I was giving a talk. And... At South by at South by mm-hmm. and a friend of mine, Maria and I, we were walking through the conference center and I saw him going up the escalator and Maria had said like, she really wants to meet Bob Boylan this week. And I was like, Maria, there he is go. And then she didn't hesitate. She went, she, and then she's like, but like, you know, three people behind him on the escalator. So she's close, but she has to wait till he gets Bob, to the top. Bob. She's like, waiting. and then she gets up. No, no, no. She waited. He gets all the way to the top. Oh, she was ahead and of she, him. No, she was behind. Oh, okay, okay. So she watches him get to the top of the escalator, start to walk away. Then she has to wait until she's to the top of the escalator. And then she ran over and said hello. And so I'm I'm like kind of watching this. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I want to meet Bob Boylan too. And then I run and get on the escalator and follow them up. And I go join them. Uh, and I shake his hand. And, and basically, uh, you know, he, he, was, he was nice enough, but I think he had places to be. And um, <laughs> so he's prepared for these situations. So... He'll, he'll say hello and everything, say hi. But then he's like, 
do you like buttons? And they're like, yeah. Do you like and so buttons? basically, we're just standing here with our, our hands out, like we're trick or treating. And out of his convenient. bag, he it's just actually... pulls out like a couple of uh, uh, of NPR buttons. He said and he body just, of Christ, and he just handed it to you. <laughs> and he's like, there you go. <laughs> and we're like, so like, thank for the buttons. We're like, thank you, thank you so much. And then he just like walks away, and we're like, we met Bob Boylan, and that was pretty much the entire thing. There's no conversation. It wasn't like even like you know you, you meet somebody at WWDC, you talk to them for yeah. like 15 minutes. Just, he was just like, saw him. Here's some buttons. buttons. Let's go. I don't know. Bob Boylan outside of the Tiny Desk concert. Does he do like um, All Songs Considered? He does and All stuff? Songs Considered. So he, as well. so he has more lines than I'm Bob Boylan. This is a, the Tiny Desk pause, like and subscribe, or like whatever. For the video. For the video of this podcast. <laughs> but that doesn't make sense though, because every single time he does that, he says, for the video of this podcast. It's the same recording. He doesn't redo it all the time. But also, he's, he's saying to, he directs you to the podcast feed, right? Or is well, there a, to is watch there, the video, you go to the website. Right, like, but he says he doesn't say that. He says like go to the whatever. I forget what his. It's the same line every week. How do I not line, have it memorized? I don't know. But like for some, for me, that's all I know him as. But I, I still would be excited to meet him. He's great. I mean, he's he's amazing taste. Like he put, he does all the booking for yeah for that, and it's it's incredible. Like the people that he has on the show. You know, how many people have you found that you end up loving after you see them on Tiny Desk? That's how I've gotten most of my new music recently. Like yeah. Big Thief came from there. Um, Jay Soam from there. I'm always super excited when I see somebody that I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, Bob found him. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that means like good things to them. It means, especially if they're like an overseas band, mm-hmm. if they get booked on Tiny Desk, chances are they're also going to get something at Paste. And that usually means that they're going to get like drum up enough interest for a tour, usually on the East Coast. Yeah. Did you hear um, Quinn Christofferson this week? No, I'm like way behind on do Tiny know, Desk. Do you know who that is? It's somebody no. from, it's a person from Anchorage. I don't mm. know their story at all. Um, but it was very good uh, mm-hmm. very minimalistic like folk two people singing guitar pretty good um but yeah that was on today and they told a story about how bob booked them for the thing they got the call from bob and then they went and bought a guitar because they didn't own one mm. like it was just like <laughs> wow like that was he's like they, they were like that that's the anchorage scene you know like that you just don't know like everyone just borrows each other's instruments and but like you said, like coming from somewhere as far as Anchorage to DC to play, yeah, that's a big desk. deal. Yeah, like and, Tamino just went and did it, so I, I'm excited. I know oh, that. Damn. So oh, wait, he, I think that is in my podcast right now. Tamino. Oh, did it come out? I think I saw it in my feed. Hold Sweet. On, let me see right now. I'm, I'm excited for that. I saw that he has some uh, North American no, dates. It's not Tamino. It's Tom Berlin. Oh, I don't know who that okay. is. well, he should be on there soon. I, I saw that he did the show. It was a T. Um, I knew it was a T. I want to go see him in Chicago. I think it's in September. I need to see if I can get tickets because I, I can't miss his first American North American tour. He's insane. That'd be great. Yeah. That's like your favorite band ever. It's just one guy ever. One favorite guy ever. He's really good. What was I going to say? Um, I had something, but I forgot. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I can tell you're tired. You can probably tell I'm tired. Well, I mean, no one should eat. The amount of food I just ate, like that burrito, you that was the size of my it. forearm. Yeah, and I destroyed it. It was like probably the size of my forearm, mm-hmm. and it was a lot. Like I've been to that taqueria before in past mm-hmm. visits to San Francisco, and that was way bigger than I remembered it being. <laughs> and I got a horchata too after we got by right ice cream and stood That's online right. in the sun. It's really the sun I think that's killing me. Like it's yeah. just being in the sun so much. There's no, there's not a lot of shade here. No, there's not. Man, that ice cream was so good. What'd you get? You got two vegan flavors? Yes, I did. I I, I should mean, know. I ordered for you, but yeah, I can't remember did. what they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was so stupid. I haven't gotten a response from the customer service team yet. Yeah, this is your city bike. You you parked the bike, but you didn't 
park it correctly. So I didn't know you just kept the meter running. Yeah. So <laughs> I did this for the first time. I, I showed up at San Francisco um, terminal, like the, the, the train station here. And uh, Jake was like, it's a short walk. And then I was like, it's not a short walk. It's, it's like like a 45 minute walk. Yeah. So, but I was like, oh, look, a city bike terminal. It's only two bucks for a 30 minute ride. I can make it there in 15 minutes. Awesome. I hopped on the bike. I I put down on the app, bought the bike, super easy, made me really happy. Um, drove the bike across town, found the place to dock it. I docked it while two uh, I call them city bikes, that's what they're called in the NYC, but they're they're go bikes. Ford here. go Ford bikes. Ford go bikes. Um, and I I, par- I docked the thing, and I noticed to my right there's two guys working on this the stalls or the bike lock things, whatever you call them, the docks. And um, they're taking them apart and like putting them together, and I can't really tell if they're what way they're moving. But I parked yeah. it and I felt it lock in or something. I thought, mm-hmm. and I saw a light change on it, and I was like, uh, uh, "Good to go." The app was still going, but I was like, "Maybe it's going to count to thirty minutes when the timer ends, and then it's going to let me go, or like then then it'll end the ride." Uh-huh. And then we we stand online. I, I meet you at buy right. We stand right. online for about fifteen to twenty minutes. And then about 20 minutes later, I get a, like a, thank God I allowed notifications for the app because I get a ding in my pocket and I'm like, what's that? And it's not a text. Oh, it's the app telling me my bike is docked improperly. Shit. And luckily buy rides across the street from where I docked the bike. So mm-hmm. I just like, it's like, Jake, order my ice cream for me. We've been standing this line 20 minutes. And yeah, we finally get inside the building and I'm like, shit, my bike's not docked. So I run across the street. Um, and the, most of the bikes are off the dock. And I was like, okay, fuck, what's going on? And um, I start, like, walking down the line and looking at all the bikes that are in the middle of the street right now, just kind of sitting there on their kickstands and, like, looking for mine. It was, like, bike 3156 or something like that. And I'm just looking and looking and looking and looking. And then I see my bike, and it's just there, and... I turned to this, the guy and I was like, hey, I had this docked a minute ago and now it's not docked. And in my head, I'm thinking they undocked it and like now I'm getting billed for it because mm. or whatever. And uh, the guy goes, yeah, it wasn't docked right. And then we took it out. And I was like, okay, but like, thank, thank you, but no, like, right. That, that didn't you could have just me. like ended the ride yeah, for you me. You could have like docked it properly, I guess, and ended the ride. And that would have made my life a lot easier instead of just taking it out and leaving it there running. Yeah. Like, and the guy was like, oh, well, just dock it right there. And he points to one that they're not working on. And I docked it. And the ride definitely ended that time. Okay. And it dinged me. So it was supposed to be a 30 minute ride. I got charged for a 54 minute ride. Ah. And so I, I've opened the ticket with them. Well, something else happened too, right? So you like you put it in. You thought it was docked because there was a light change. There's a light change. However, <laughs> it was a. It was. A, I mean, there's a, a green light that's supposed to come on. It looked green to me mm, right? because it was a red light. It was well. It wasn't a red light. Oh, okay. It, I think it's a yellow. I think there are three lights. Oh, okay. But I couldn't really tell mm. what. I, I mean, it's my first time using this thing. But my yeah. first time using the thing was when I came last year to visit Taryn at work. And I think you, did you watch me from across the street trying to park that thing? So I, I couldn't get difficult. it. I couldn't get in the thing. It kept like clicking, but it wouldn't. Well, that's what I did. But I kept being able to pull it out. I'm like, I, I shouldn't be able to pull this thing back out. I didn't out. try to pull it back out again. I think that's probably my mistake. Yeah. And, and maybe if, but I think the docks were just being worked on and I couldn't have, I shouldn't have docked it there. Like I couldn't tell which way the guys were moving. So maybe they had deactivated my dock or something like that. Mm. And I don't know. It was a six dollar late fee for on a two dollar ride. That's you know. What are you gonna do? Whatever. Yeah. We'll see what they say. We got that fantastic ice cream though. I got that ice cream is almost worth it. It's it's so good. I was looking forward to that honey lavender all year, and on at the last second, I decided instead of getting two scoops of that to get the black sesame ice cream as well. And man, oh man, 
that if you're is gonna allow you to mix a small then you should definitely take advantage of the two flavors yeah if you can find good compliments you know like, i thought that they would go together well and they, they did and yeah. they mixed together quite quickly yeah, you, you, yours My was soup by the time you you literally went catty corner from from by right to where and it I was, was everywhere. It was all over your hands. You were like holding mine, which was somehow just I, probably because it was fine. Yeah, it was. That's probably the vegan aspect of it. But yeah, um, I'm not vegan, but I, I opt for vegan ice cream when it's offered because it just tastes so much better to me. It for was some crazy. Reason. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's fine. It was it was good. It's nice that they don't bill more for it. I feel like a shop could charge more for vegan ice cream just because it says vegan on it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's already five bucks a small for a small, so it's like... Worth it, though. Yeah. I thought it was delicious. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, and then we, we went and got the tacos with, uh, with my oh, friends yeah. Ian and Sarah. The horchata was probably a mistake. That's a little bit too much sugar for me. <laughs> Between the ice cream and... You ever had a horchata before? No. It's just like cinnamon toast crunch in milk. Oh. Eat all cinnamon toast crunch, what's left. You got that there? I got a, yeah. That was I didn't thing, even see you get that. The thing with the straw, like the, the actual drink cup. Oh, I thought you just got like a Sprite or something. No, that was horchata. Oh, buddy. It wasn't the best horchata I've ever had, but it was good. Oh, man. In Texas, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. Like when I get a horchata in Texas, it's like the size of this pla- this paper bag here. Mm. It's a big It's a big horchata. That's good stuff. Oh, man. I, I'm tired, but man, this was such a, it was a great week. I got to meet so many cool people this week. It was fantastic. I didn't have, I, I did take like a three or four hour nap on like the third or fourth day. Just I needed to catch up. Yeah. Um, but that was after leaving this like after party at like two thirty in the morning and then walking home. Ugh. Uh, that was nuts though. It was crazy. I got to meet so many cool people. So right now we're recording via audio hijack, a really nice piece of software by a company called rogue Amoeba. And I got to meet the founder of their studio the other night. And I just told him how much his, his software does for me on a daily basis yeah everything it's cool to meet somebody who makes something that you use all the time it's much different than meeting like robert photoshop or whatever because <laughs> rogue Amoeba is like it feels like a smaller company yeah i think there's like 10 10 or maybe 20 of them people yeah yeah and, and very small. also their product line is very small too like it's only like eight or nine like seven or eight apps something like yeah. that like, he, he asked like what i used and i just kept listing them off he's like oh shit yeah you use them all <laughs> I yeah someday I'll buy their whole pack but like I, I mean Audio Hijack the free version has gotten me pretty far I use yeah. it to rip pieces of like clips of jokes so yeah. I can put it in the podcast and that's how I initially found it was you know pirating streams that would never get put out on iTunes or whatever that's probably not what it was intended for no but it's good for it too yeah it's definitely good for <laughs> it probably not legal we were probably in the terms and conditions you were probably agreeing to not do that but that could be yeah but you can I, use it for Apple. That's the best thing is that you can use it for Apple Music streams or whatever. Like yeah, if yeah, I, I did a, use it for our our crate digging episode. Yeah, so like if clips. I'm doing like a like a someone says like oh the last track on your album your comedy album instead of going fishing for the joke like I normally have to do on YouTube I can just be like oh the last track on their comedy album and I go find it and I find the clip really fast and record with audio hijack bounce it to the desktop and then import it to the logic the logic file and it's done. Yeah, you did it for for Netflix as well. We for, just just pirated everything, I guess. Well, for clips, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's contextually, for, yeah, relevant, fair use. But yeah, well, that's what, that's what we hate movies does all the time. They're just like whenever they have to reference. Like there was one episode where they were doing about like uh, 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 what's like some some '90s movie with new metal in the soundtrack, and they started playing the soundtrack. And like, and Eric's like, "Oh shit, uh, we're gonna get dinged for like copyright infringement." So <laughs> let's analyze this song really quickly and talk about. So let's let's. <laughs> <laughs> he just started he did like a 30 second anal- analysis of the song in order to avoid any but i don't think it's that's that's not a thing hmm. 
Well, I'm excited to get my my little ammo figure. They don't use ammo, ammo? anymore. Ammo was the rogue amoeba mascot. He was basically he was a rogue oh, amoeba. You have a little creature thing, right? Or a little mascot. yeah. Well, Paul said I, Paul got my home address, and he's going to send me a plushie of ammo, which is really cool. I, I didn't know they even existed. I don't think they even sold them, um, but he was there with uh, his friend Amy Gruber, who's John Gruber's wife. You saw his show the other night. Uh-huh. And uh, and she mentioned how much her son growing up loved his ammo plushie. I'm like, wait a minute, those exist? And he's like, yeah, do you want one? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I do. I have, a where, I have a storage <laughs> unit full of thousands of them just decaying. Yeah. Thought it was going to be a big hit. It wasn't. <laughs> and then you met John Gruber. And then, yeah, and then I met John Gruber. And I got, I got a drink with John Gruber. And then other things. But Dreams do was, come true. It was really cool. It was so funny, though, because... Um, Amy recognized me from a tweet from the other day. I, I, I went over to get introduced to Paul because I, I wanted to meet Paul really badly. Mm-hmm. And, and he was there talking to Amy. I didn't recognize her right away, but I, I turned over and I'm like, oh, you're, you're Amy. She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I loved your show because they together were, had a podcast called Just the Tip. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm here with Just the Tip. That's so, that's so cool. And um, so we chit-chatted about that. And then she's like, wait, did I see you on Twitter the other day? Did I like one of your tweets on Twitter? I'm like, yeah, you did actually. She's like, that was so funny. And then she called her husband over and then she told him the story and she's like, you need to follow him. I'm like, he's like, what wait, tweet? what? And then he got pulled away and he went and talked to somebody else and I was just chatting with them. And then he comes back and he sidles up to me and he's like, wait, why am I supposed to care about this guy? <laughs> That's the ultimate guy at the party. <laughs> Which is really popular. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's like, he's, the, he's like the man and yeah, why should he care about me? But he, you put out tickets for that live show that you and I went to. Um, the yeah. tickets went up like an hour late. Like logistically, like something happened. Who cares? But somebody got in his mentions and was like, hey, it was only like, hey, I'm really upset that the tickets aren't up. It was like, you said that they were going to be up at this time. And then they didn't go up at this time. And now you're wasting precious hours of my life. You're like, you're like taking my life away from me. <laughs> Like, but yeah, he's like, you're taking life away from me. There are better, like, there are other things I could do. And I just replied. I didn't even, like, I didn't even keep, like, Gruber in the tweet. I just retweeted, you know, just, like, mentioned that guy and said, well, maybe you should go do those things. And so Amy, obviously, was looking through the replies as well. And she saw my tweet, and she liked that tweet. And then a couple of days ago, or days after, she remembered that, and we That's became really friends over it. The key so. to, like, getting in with anybody is to, like, know their, like, person, like, their side, their, not their side person, but, like, their, their, like, the person who normally wouldn't get recognized. Like, if you recognize uh, a roadie at a show, like, and you're friends with a roadie, like, that's the ticket to, like, not, not, uh, I don't mean that, like, a you're, you're getting using, using somebody to, like, co-sign for you when yeah. you get introduced to the main person. Right. Is that but what you're saying? But it's not because you're being an opportunist or because you yeah. are, you genuinely appreciate that person. Like, like Harrison, yeah. H- do you know Harrison Hudson? No. Or like Harry, I forget. He was friends with like Manchester Orchestra oh. and he was their like guitar person or like road person mm. for a while. And he has his own music career too. But, um, yeah, like we would just, like we knew him like through, um, the group I used to tour with. And when Manchester Orchestra was playing at Bonnaroo, like we met, Harrison by the side of the stage and said hi to him and got introduced to Andy from Manchester Orchestra. Like what, a, what a guy. What a great singer. Did you hear the new Bad Books album? Not or the, the song? I don't think the album's out yet. No. I have, I have to show you something after this that has some something to do. Actually, I don't even know. Well, you, you got the Sally Boy album, right? Yeah, the Sally Boy album. Did it show up in the mail? 
Yeah, I had it. Why? Because if you, you know how you take the CD out and you have that big grid of black and white stuff? I haven't it? opened it yet, if I'm honest. Oh, you, is that for collecting reasons? So that, like, No, I just, I have, it's in my stack of CDs to rip. Okay, well then I can't really tell you what it is yet. Then okay. we'll, we'll wait till you're back at your place and you do open it. Okay. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, anyway, um, meeting people. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's true, but. That was like a nice surprise. Was meeting Amy Gruber. Like yeah. I, I like her. Right. And that's that's anyway, like that. She's that it, being content with that being a treat will usually be the door to yeah. having something equally cool happen. Right. And like at no point during this week did I think I would even meet John Gruber. Like last year he didn't come to the later's party. Mm-hmm. Um, this year he showed up, and that was really that was it was cool. But you know, meeting Paul Kafasis is like my big move that night. I was like, can I, I saw somebody actually Sarah who we had lunch with today. Mm-hmm. She was just talking with somebody else that she knew. And Paul was in that group and they had just met. And then she comes over and she, I was like, Oh my gosh, is that Paul Kafasa? She's like, yeah, I think so. I was just talking to him. I'm like, Would you mind introducing me? She's like, Oh, I just met him, but sure. So she comes over and she introduces me to him. And then we talked for a good majority of the night, which is really cool. It's just, it's nice to meet people like that. And it, it just keeps going over my head. I just keep thinking about, um, you know, what it means for these Apple tech people that week, like this specific week in San Jose, because they're just normal folks every other day of the year. And then they come to WWDC and suddenly yeah. they're celebrities for a week with a bunch of dorks. It's like almost like, I guess not. I was thinking comparing it to YouTube and like the, the people on YouTube, like the vloggers who like go to VidCon yeah, that, and, that's more and, extreme, but like those yeah. people would get recognized on the street more than yeah, the person behind if they should, software. If they do a meetup in the middle of the city, like if, if Gruber came to New York City and did a meetup, it would be like 10 dudes with beards would show up and that would be it. Yeah, like if you see Craig Hockenberry walking down the street, you're like, you wouldn't recognize Craig Hockenberry walking down the street. He just looks like another guy. Well, you might recognize him or might like notice him because he's very tall, but nobody's going to look at that guy and say he wrote the first Twitter app. Mm-hmm. But when you're in San Jose during WWDC, people are like super excited to meet that guy. And they're like, man, I just read your feature on the app store. That was really cool. <laughs> it's a, it's a weird experience, but it's cool to see. And it's, it's nice because when you're actually like a fan of, of people who do that kind of work, um, it makes them more accessible when you do want to meet them. Like they're generally the people in this podcasting and, and Apple journalism sphere. They're very accommodating with their time. They're also very present on Twitter too. That's true. So I feel like like you like you you came to that meeting by way of a tweet that someone liked and then paired it. Yeah, so weird. Yeah, so so like if, but like there are some people who like cele- most celebrities are just not active on on Twitter. You know, like I mean yeah. they can be active on Twitter, but they don't engage the fans. You know, like they can tweet a lot and like post a lot of content on Twitter, but mm-hmm. they don't hit, respond to their ass. They don't like tweaks tweets or whatever. You know, like but. I, I told like, John Gruber, I did say, I was like, you retweeted me once. He was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. One of the millions. And well, I mean, he doesn't really like retweet that all that often, oh, okay. but I was like, you retweeted me, retweeted me once. And he's like, oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, you ruined my day. Yeah. Like my mentions. But, would, you, would you remember that tweet? Um, it had, it was a joke had to do, I think the, like, it was a joke about M dashes. It was a super dorky joke. I don't even know. He was tweeting something about, uh, some update in iOS or, or some language somewhere where they were using the wrong form of M dash. And I tweeted some, you know, quirky response and it was obviously enough to get a, a, a retweet, which is nice. Not my most popular tweet, but it was a cool moment. Your most popular one now is that one, um, that you just re- put up recently. Yeah. The one, the Jai Paul one. Yeah. So crazy. So Jai Paul, 
he's been gone for, for basically seven years. Mm-hmm. He put out two singles, took over the world, stuff got leaked. and then went away. And then in 2013, a ton of material from like 2009 to 2012 got leaked. It was a bunch of stuff that he was working on for the album. Um, and the label didn't like direct him to handle it in the right way. Like he, he basically just went away. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, just let it build mystique. But it like basically wrecked him. Like everything that he was working on, it just, it, it really wrecked him. And so he comes back the other day with two new singles and he re he just like released the, the leak stuff officially. So we could actually make some money on it and just put it out there. Um, and so I downloaded that in, in the zip folder, there was a letter and he didn't have the letter up anywhere else. He didn't put it on his, uh, his Twitter page that only has two tweets. Didn't put it on his new website, which is really weird. It was just like this text document in the zip folder of this leak record explaining, you know, what happened, the investigation that went into it, like trying to find the person that did it. Yeah, it was crazy. How it like actually affected him, you know, creatively and emotionally, socially. Uh, I was like, nobody's, none of the, like, spin. Rolling Stone, any of the people that are like writing about his return, they're not writing about the actual story. Like, this is crazy. So I just took a screenshot, which isn't even the best way to read. Yeah. (laughs) No, I just took a screenshot of it and and put it out there and it went crazy viral. I mean, it had, I think I haven't looked at it, but I think it probably has like over 200,000 impressions, which for my feed is a lot. Yeah. Did you get any replies from it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, the, the coolest part about it is that people are so interested in this guy who hasn't been around in seven years. The fact that he still has people who have been like eagerly waiting his return for that long is crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know, the only parallel that I think people can often think of is, is Frank Ocean who disappears for long amounts of time and then he comes back and he blows away the world with a record and then goes away again. Like he just drops it. Like it's, it's not like a really big thing and it's um, like a masterpiece of R and B pop music. And then he goes away and eventually does another one. But with Jai Paul, the drought was so much longer. It was like a combination of all of Frank Ocean's droughts combined. And he still only came back with two new songs <laughs> that were written in 2013. He just finished two songs that weren't leaked and put them out. So it's wild. They're really good songs. I'm super excited that he's back. That probably means more stuff is coming then. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I haven't heard anything about it, but I'm interested. Yeah. So Are that you, was nuts. That was yeah. the day before I flew. Actually, so that was a really weird day. I tweeted that and then a transformer outside my house blew up the night before I had to fly Optimus prime. It's very scary. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you ever seen one blow up the sparks just coming out of it and like a huge flash of light that blows up the entire block and then you lose power only in shitty vine videos. Yeah. Well, Oh, with the, the balloons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was basically just like that, but really scary because you know, one, I'd, I needed power to charge my devices so that one, I could wake up in the morning and, and to have them charged for my travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I was like five minutes away from turning off the TV, brushing my teeth and going to unplug my computer for my trip. Oh, so my computer was plugged in. I was really scared that I lost everything. Um, may checked it the next day after the power came back on. She said it was fine, but it was the worst possible thing that could happen before I left. Mm-hmm. You know, just cause my mind was so focused on whether or not I lost my most expensive asset and all of my creative work from, the last however many years and i know i have it backed up but yeah um even still like i don't have my movie collection backed up and i'm not going to it's so much space it's useless <clears throat> it would just take time to to get all that stuff but you know it's just it's not the thing you want to think about <laughs> before no, not, you leave for a full no, week i mean like 
large spiders crawling out from yeah. behind the bed. Yeah. Things you don't want to think about when you're leaving. <laughs> Equally scary. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't know. Are you sad to be leaving, to be going back home? No. I mean, I'm, obviously, it's, it's I'm got like, to be nice to be going back to where you're from. But yeah. also, are you sad to be leaving nerd camp? <laughs> yeah, it was sad when it was over. Um, it went by so quickly this year. There wasn't. I didn't re- really even have that much time to go sit in on sessions. Like there was just so much going on, meetups and lunches and uh, live podcast recordings and meeting new friends and hanging out with them and then <laughs> getting to hang out with you and like all of these different like little day trips and things. So it did go by very fast. Uh, I I'm eager to get home, but it's nice to. I like ending the WWDC week back in San Francisco. Like San Jose is very, it's like its own thing. Everybody's there for a reason. It's very busy. Lots of cool people to meet and talk to. Um, but to be able to come back here and hang out with Taryn and uh, meet up with other friends for ice cream and lunch, uh, it's, a, it's a good opportunity. Like I could have flown home on Friday. Yeah. And I, I could have like spent the, the weekend at home and, you know, like that would, that would have been nice as well. Like I, I do miss me and I miss my dog and <laughs> I miss being back home. But while I'm out here, you know, it's like, it's not like I get to come to San Francisco very often. So I figure I make the most of it and hang out with you and yeah. see everybody. And yeah, so it's, it's bittersweet, but yeah, cause I'm like, eager to get back to my like bed. It is like the end of summer camp. Like, did you ever yeah. do sleepaway camp as a kid? Yeah. Every year. Yeah. So it's like, it's. I don't know. I mean, maybe some people hated that. My friends back home hated sleepaway camp. Like Mm -hmm. they would just not, not participate in anything and just were so happy to be leaving. But I really loved it. Mm -hmm. And when you were going, when you're leaving, it just, you know, you know, you're going back home to your life. And so it's pretty nice, but also like you had a lot of fun that week and it's not going to be that fun for like a little while. Yeah. It's sad to go back home from like a work standpoint. I'm the only one that's working remotely now for Breaker, so it's just kind of like me out in Ohio and everybody else here yeah. at the office. And the team is bigger now than it has been since I've been with the team. So there's like uh, there's five people here now, and then there's there's me back home. So that's kind of sad. It's just going to be everybody in the office during the product planning and me on Skype, yeah. <laughs> or hangouts or whatever. But yeah, I am eager to get home and and see my fam and sleep in my own bed. Yeah, that's the real key. As comfortable as this Japanese folding mattress is, it's, it's way more comfortable than the one I've been sleeping on in San Jose. It's pretty cool. My bed is like fake soft mm. that I'm sleeping, on, I'm sleeping on now at the hotel. It's like, you know, you get on it, it's like, oh, it's nice and cushy. And then you sink into it and there's just like a sheet rock underneath you. It's just yeah, the worst kind of bed. And you're there for like, what, 20 more days? Yeah. Well, what is it? Today's the eighth. Well, maybe they'll get it figured out sooner. Maybe it's like a maximum of twenty some days. Nah, there's, oh. these these are these. This ho- <laughs> I mean, they'd be eating eating money. Um, not not they they care, but like yeah, the relocation company like they they book this hotel for this amount of time and they, they they're booking. I mean, it's like a Tuesday to a, like that I'm moving into the new place or a Wednesday or something like that. So it's mm. definitely not going to be an easy move. My roommate's not going to be there for it either. I think of it as like moving in my head. I'm like, Oh shit, we have to move everything. But it's like, Oh, we just put stuff in suitcases and show up at the new place. Right. It's really not going to be that. Yeah. Bad, it's but. not that bad. Would they even probably like put you in an Uber or something? And- I'll probably be able to charge it to them, the yeah. Uber to them. I yeah. mean, the place is like a mile away from oh, where I'm living now. It's a very swanky apartment complex. Yeah. Yeah. That's Looking fancy. forward to being there. That's good. Well, good. I'm glad that, uh, you know, it seems like it's been a, a discombobulating week for yeah. probably the both of us, but looks like you'll probably be getting into the swing of things soon. Yeah, by Monday I should be back into my my routine, I yeah. think. It's going to be nice to 
to just, I don't know, figure out a, a pattern here. Mm. This isn't too different from when we recorded remotely either. Not too much. No. This is, it's, it's nice. Funny. It's nice. I, I wonder how this is going to turn out. I think, I mean, you'll have the refrigerator home and that's really it. And the crosstalk. It sounds good to me, but also like I can hear you now and I can hear you through the thing and our levels are like a little bit lower, but they're mixable. Yeah, they should be low. You don't want to make them high. Yeah. Well, this is good. We should do it again next week. (laughs) Next week? Like podcast or in person? In person. Yeah. Yeah. Fly out. Yeah. Me and my roommate should be cool by then. So you can, you can. No, I meant specifically in Taryn's kitchen. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. yeah. This will be the spot from now on. This will be the spot and we'll be, we'll be good to go. Yeah. All right. Deal. Producer Taryn. Any last thoughts, Taryn? Shakes his head. No. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) He's saying, wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. All right. Well, that's uh, that's our first live show. That's our first live show. No applause. No applause from the audience. <laughs> <laughs>